All right, so we're recording. You're recording in Reaper. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm recording an audio hijack as well as in clean feed. feed. But here's the downside and why we typically do our own local backups, even though I'm recording myself and you in audio hijack, because if we're having pixelation internet connectivity issues, that's what I'm going to get in your backup recording here. Yep. But on your side, it's just microphone to Reaper. Yeah. So no internet involved, and am I pixelating now? I guess nope. that's the best. Is that oxalating, like audio pixels? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, normally I would say like your tea painting, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 dropping sounds and and not not doing the robotic sound, or is it doing the robotic sound? No, it was doing the robotic sound. Ah, like, I can gotcha. hear you, but it was also dropping stuff too. But uh, I, I could hear you, but you sounded like you had put auto-tune on, like you, okay. uh, you found a, you got a plug-in and you were running it through Audio Hijack and uh, just applying some auto-tune to yourself. That would imply I knew how to do all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so recording this on a really weird day. Today's probably going to be a shorter than normal episode. But before we get into that, we want to thank our supporters, everyone who provides both financial support and more important. Well, I don't want to say more importantly, and just as valued is those who share the podcast with other individuals. Uh, I've talked to a couple more people recently that say, yeah, I heard about your podcast. I've been checking it out. I'm like, oh, which podcast? Because I'm on too many of them now. So got to get that straight. But it's it's appreciated in the number show that everyone or that people are sharing. So thanks for you and your support. And Demasi, we're going to have a shorter episode because we're going to talk about how we do some things, right? Yep. Absolutely. And we say we're going to have a shorter episode. Um, <laughs> Famous last words, as this turns out to be an hour and 17 minutes or something. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to chat about today, and we are recording this a little earlier than normal because Michael will be traveling. Well, not necessarily traveling, but uh, handling some other businesses again. Yep, doing the Oregon Convention. So I want to go ahead and get this done. One thing that has happened to me uh, this month specifically, and I think this also happened to you during, during the month of October is the business bank that we both use, which is Mercury. Uh, they're so in their words, they're, um, improving the integration with their partner bank. Um, because Mercury is sort of a, uh, what's the best way to it's put this? It's the MVNO it, of banks. So yeah, it's, there you go. It's using Evolved Bank and Trust as the underlying bank that's actually FDIC insured. Um, and Mercury is using that for their technology platform. Yeah. So in a part of improving that uh, connection, they basically uh, deleted all of your, your card. Now, they did give us fair warning. I think I may have had like two weeks yeah of notice roughly something like that so it wasn't just completely unexpected um but you know once they were done i had to go regenerate new cards i'm still waiting on my physical debit card to show up i checked the mailbox place yesterday as we're recording this on wednesday and it was not there so gotta look into that yeah about that i must not have read that you need to get a replacement debit card like physical and i thought this only applied to the virtual debit cards and then i got an email today that said that said that if i wanted to get my virtual or my physical debit card i need to click the link to verify my address and i'm like my address has never changed since we started this but anyways uh, i will go do that process here soon and uh, i'm a little frustrated but i get that it has to happen for technology to grow. But there's been some positive things to come out of this. At least we're trying to find the positive side. Yep. One of the positives for me is, and uh, Mercury does use virtual cards, uh, which is what I use for a lot of the, the online stuff. And one benefit to this is it forced me to reevaluate um, subscriptions and, and payments that I'm making out of my business account uh, and determine whether or not I need to keep paying for said service or, or whatever it may be because I had to go, of course, generate new cards. Now, one thing I'm doing here, and I, I was doing this a little bit before this changeover, and I'm, I'm more intentional about 
the services. I guess I'm more intentional with it this time now than I was the first time, which is using specific virtual cars for specific vendors. So prior to this switchover, I probably had way too many virtual cars because I was creating mm-hmm. them for every new thing I needed to go buy where I'm like, oh, I'll probably buy from this place again or there's a subscription. Uh, this time I'm being a little more intentional about that process and actually just creating virtual cars locked to vendors. Uh, one, they have added new functionality in the dashboard when you're creating a virtual card where they have a list of vendors and it's a pretty in-depth list. Um uh, mm-hmm. But um, I'm only locking cards to those vendors that are showing up in their list because, one, it means that the card cannot be used outside of that that specific vendor. And two, the ones that I'm choosing to create specific virtual cards for are the ones I know that I probably, whether I want to or not, I'm probably not going to stop paying these folks anytime soon. So, you know, Google Workspace, for example, yep. uh, you know, AWS. Places like that. Um, another advantage of doing the virtual cars with uh, Mercury as well is that you can set an independent card limit. And that's another reason that I did have so many um, cards out there, virtual cards out there for different services is because I could say, OK, well, here's a virtual card for ChatGPT. And here's the monthly cap that can be spent at ChatGPT. So if I get one of those, oh, my God goodness what in the world did i do <laughs> bills like obviously i have to pay it i guess and you know unless you're you know the owner of x then maybe you don't have to pay your bills <laughs> but me being a little guy i would have to pay that bill but at least it wouldn't be the shock of like oh good grief they just yanked you know 300 bucks out of my account and now how do i pay right. everybody else i have to pay because you know at the end of the day sometimes you will have to make hard decisions as you do in your personal life about so I owe them that money legitimately. I can't give it to them right now, still meet the rest of my obligations. And some of my other obligations require servers that run that keep people's stuff online. So guess who gets paid first? Linode, not ChatGPT. Yeah, but it it gives you that flexibility of, as you said, not not suddenly having a huge amount of money. That's why I hate auto pay because you never know. I mean, you should know, but you never know um, how the a large amount is going to come out of your account. And uh, yeah. And the other thing is, is if, if you find that there's a data breach for a specific company, and most of the time it says financial information was not accessed, but every once in a while there is that financial information was accessed. You don't have to worry about more than that, whatever limit you set it going out. And while you dispute those charges, if those were invalid charges for you. Yeah, and there's also the fact you're not now scrambling to frantically do what we have been doing, which is replacing the card for everywhere, right? Because that gets a little tedious. Um, And as I said, it also forced me to kind of reevaluate some of the things I was paying for. So there have been some cancellations. So I appreciate you on that, Mercury, because you're probably going to (laughs) ultimately save me some money. Uh, A tip for anybody, though, because this, this, this functionality here is not specific to Mercury. So, for example, I have a couple of um, virtual card numbers with my capital one credit card for example uh so you can do this with your with your personal banking i'm pretty sure any other business account uh, may also have these features it seems to be a pretty standard thing at this point to be able to create virtual cards and tie them to a specific vendor in some cases the banking institution will lock the card to a specific vendor so let's say you use a virtual card if i use a virtual card from capital capital one on amazon.com i cannot then myself take that same card number and go attempt to use it with uber for example they're going to decline those charges some institutions do that some do not so you know pay attention to to the rules there as you're setting those up uh, so you don't get caught unawares. Usually when I'm creating these, though, it is for the purpose of, okay, here's the card for you, and that's how much money I expect to spend over there, so that's your cap. But also, Michael, I remember you did this not too long ago. You were going to buy something from a place that, I'm not going to say it was, I don't get the feeling it was necessarily sketchy, but you're like, I don't know about these people. <laughs> so you went and created a virtual card for yep. Mercury and then used it there just in case, like, oh, in case something weird goes on, I can just turn that card off like yep. and shut that down. Yep. Yep. So 
Be aware so you stay protected, and sometimes bank frustrations can save you some money. That's the lesson from today. Yeah, or, you know, always look for the silver lining. In. <laughs> My physical card, though, really, Mercury? Anyways. Yeah, like, the fortunate thing for me, at least, is, like, I actually wasn't using the physical card unless yeah, I was either. in person. Like, yeah. that that's the only time I used it. And this would actually be the third physical Mercury card that I have because somewhere I swiped my card uh, physically, and, uh, yeah, that number was stolen. And I saw be a bunch of— Be aware before you share your card. <laughs> Uh, and I don't I don't even remember where I, I actually never did find out exactly where it was. Uh, and I don't remember what my suspicions were because it's been a couple of years ago. But the nice thing about it is, uh, and again, this is where I feel like banking comes in. So pay attention to the emails or notifications that you get from your bank. They're not always trying to, you know, sell you something or, or, um, or cost you into some new service. Oftentimes it is informational or helpful, beneficial. And I do remember vividly getting an email from Mercury saying, hey, we noticed a couple of small charges at a place that you've never uh, been before. And there are like three little small charges. So we just disabled your physical card and blocked those transactions. And, I was like, oh. and they're sending you a new one did, or did they automatically send? Yep, you one? they did automatically yeah. send me a new one at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to. I really enjoyed the episode we did with Jeff and Sean, uh, TW28, uh, because in order to get started working, we often need to make some essential changes that, and this uh, principle came up multiple times, both on that show and on Double Tap. Uh, but sometimes people like myself and like Demasi, we have become accustomed to technology not being the way that it should be, that we just deal with some of the inconsistencies or annoyances. And I found it to be really helpful to have Jeff and Sean and Demasi, all four of us sitting down, chatting about the settings we make. And yeah, full transparency, I got a lot of information from Jeff. I feel like I got more from Jeff than I shared with other people. But we're able to get those um get those setting changes and, and make those changes to improve the experience. Now I don't hear any information about uh, news articles when I open Edge anymore, and that's super nice. And I can press tab once out of the address bar um, if I forget about control F6. So I'm curious for you, because I've been doing a lot more WordPress tinkering, um, trying to get things to do things the way that I expect them to be able to do or the way that I want them to do. And it's not always uh, convenient to call you up and say, hey, Demasi, I need a staging environment, nor is it convenient or recommended to tinker on your main site. Uh, Payone.media has become my tinkering site, and I got a little nervous with that. So that stemmed this conversation <laughs> of, hey, Demasi, how do I develop locally, and how can I get WordPress running? And then once I get that running, how do I get that to my main site or to my server? So you've seen a part of my process now for moving a site from one location to another. <laughs> that is magic. Uh, and as I pointed out to you, one of the reasons I continue to use WP Migrate DB Pro is because it has the ability to allow you to selectively select specific tables in WordPress or deselect tables. So you don't necessarily have to overwrite everything. There are occasions where I'm pulling just a plug-in settings or just some changes, but I don't want to make the mistake of overriding someone's post on their website or overriding, you know, certain gravity forms tables that have entry data in it because then they lose that data from their website. So that has been an invaluable plugin for me with local development uh, with WordPress. I have, I feel like tried just about every tool that was out there over the years and honestly, I started with what really isn't a bad solution. It's not my favorite solution. And I always tell people it depends on how convoluted your setup is going to be, how much of this you're going to be doing, whether or not you go down the pathway with one of these. But one of the tools I started with was MAP, M-A-M-P, mm -hmm. which is at map.info. And I think, honestly, to this day, I'm probably forgetting about another site, but I think MAP is the only .info site that I ever felt like in the world that was ever legitimate. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and even then, I feel a little sketch going there, just saying. But uh, MAP is a tool that I started with. They do have a free version. Uh, there are some restrictions on what you're able to do there and some functionality. And then they have a paid version that pretty much kind of opens it up unless you do a lot more stuff. It really just kind of, again, depends on what you're doing. For me, that's what I started with. I honestly, today, wouldn't recommend that unless you're very specifically needing to be have a graphical interface for setting up the things that I'm about to mention that you're going to need to install because uh-huh. you're already using, you know, homebrew and you're comfortable in that environment in a terminal that would not necessarily be my option for you because it does do weird stuff to your host file on Mac OS and some some more crap I don't personally care for today. 10 years ago when I started this journey with that, it was like, oh, okay, I have no idea. Like, hey, I got WordPress running on this computer right here with no internet connection. <laughs> I accomplished This is it. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like- it works. Yeah, it's kind of like 10 years ago. Oh, there's no problem if I go on the server and edit this file, right? It's not going to- uh, Yeah, it, it was that mentality. Map is not a bad tool, though. And, and again, you know, definitely check it out for anybody listening. What I use today is a tool called Herd. But what I'm going to tell you about is Valet because it's the tool that I can more comfortably recommend to anybody for WordPress. Heard I'm still kind of filling out and like I just went through a thing when we rebooted before we started recording. Uh, That may be a reason for me to kick Heard. Uh, So I'll talk about Valet. Valet is is Laravel Valet. So it's at Laravel.com slash Valet is where you can get started with info there. Uh, and what Valet does is you can install this with Homebrew. Uh, I think they may have some other ways to install it on the Mac as well, but you know, brew install Valet will get you started. It's that simple, huh? Yeah, it's really that simple. Uh, what Valet is going to do under the hood, uh, and I suggest reading the getting started documentation just because it steps you through what it's going to do and what commands to yeah. run. But Valet start is going to be where you're going to begin using Valet and if it's not already installed, it is going to make use of Homebrew to install PHP. Um, and I believe they start with whatever the most current version of PHP is. That's that's in public release. So as of now, I think that's 8.1. Okay. Um, it's going to install MySQL with Homebrew. And it's going to install Nginx, uh, which for servers that you're hosting sites with me is a good environment because that's mm-hmm. what I'm using is Nginx, MySQL, and PHP. Well, you got to use PHP, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's going to install those. It's also going to install a tool called DNS Mask, which I have some familiarity with from hacking at, you know, routers back in the day, but that's basically a way to kind of handle the uh, really cool thing about, uh, or it's one of the things that allows the really cool thing I like about Valet, uh, which is once you have Valet start, uh, that's going to bring everything in. You will have the ability once you install WordPress, and there's a couple of different ways to get there. But once you install WordPress or honestly any kind of local site, so if you're working on Laravel uh, or if you just have a bunch of HTML pages you want to see locally running on your computer, you put them in a folder and follow the appropriate commands to, to link it to Valet and give it a domain name. And you will go to, for example, bedrock.test for me mm. is an actual test site right on my on my computer and it's where i do a lot of huh this plugin looks interesting or oh let me try this code snippet and i don't have anywhere else to go try it <laughs> uh but everything you can change this local domain i suggest not doing so though um and just leaving it at dot test but everything will be at dot test so you could have pay on media dot test or pay on dot test as your local site yep. for pay on media or uh, payon.media.test, or would you not recommend doing subdomain? I wouldn't do it like okay. that only because yeah. you're probably going to confuse yourself. Yeah, at some yeah. Point. That, and autocorrect will always put that dot .test there, and then you think you're always there. Uh-huh. Yeah. You'll end up making a mistake. Yeah. You've seen me make a couple of times yeah. where I'm like, where I'm like, hey, yeah, no, this works. And you're like, no, that link is broken. I'm like, what do you mean it's broken? I don't <laughs> like, know, because it clicked and went to the dot yep. .test site because I didn't yep. write domains. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but after all that is installed, you can install WordPress in a number of different ways. I tend to use WP Clee. Um, so, you know, and I'm doing all of this in the terminal. You can bounce back and forth uh, or you could, you know, manually go to WordPress.org and download WordPress, unzip it into a folder and then go to your terminal. Because I'm going to have to go to terminal anyway, um, yeah, I will. Might as well just do it there. Yep. 
So MKDIR uh, payon.test or actually I'll just do payon because I'll, I'll tell you why you don't necessarily want to put the dot on the end or be aware if you put a domain at the end. Um, okay. But just for these purposes, now I have a folder in my home folder called sites. Uh, actually, it's on the external drive, but never mind that. Uh, it's a folder called sites. And the reason I have a folder called sites is one, because I know where sites are versus projects and things that I'm just tinkering around with and don't matter. Uh, and two, because once I create that sites folder, uh, you can name it whatever you want. It doesn't have to be sites, just to be clear. But I CD into that sites folder. So CD sites. And now I'm in this sites folder. I can type valet park, which means any folder I put inside of this folder will automatically get a whatever the folder name is dot test uh, inside of valet automatically. Right. So I don't even have to go into the folder and say valet link you know, this folder name or whatever it automatically, because anything I put in there as a subfolder is going to be treated as a website. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, whether it's HTML files or WordPress installation, whatever. Um, so that word, and that's one of the reasons I say, be careful about putting the domain name on the end of the folder name. Um, for me, this is a habit I developed before I started using valet where I would have Git repos and it would be like payon.media would be the name of the Git repo because then it makes it very obvious when I'm looking at GitHub that, you know, payon.media, well, duh, that's the right. Git repo for payon media. What if I just had, you know, payon, like, is that a site or did I do some, <laughs> am I doing some weird stuff over? Like, I don't know, right? Anyway, that's, that's, that's the path I took. So I do have some folders here that are, for example, um, uh, I don't like telling people it's been bedrock bedrockinnovations.com is the actual get get repo. So when I clone, if I just type git clone and the, the address for the repo, it gets pulled down as bedrockinnovations.com, which means I have to manually CD into that folder in terminal and type valet link bedrock innovations. Otherwise I end up with bedrockinnovations.com.test, which sometimes works, sometimes mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, but with all of that set up, and Valet explains a lot of this, why I, say I do recommend reading the Getting Started documentation um, because it, if it installs MySQL for you, a lot of the things that I have been doing in the past to get MySQL set up, it will automatically kind of take care of that for you. You will need to create a new database for your site. So here's the process I follow to get WordPress installed. First, I create a folder for it. So let's say Payon. Um, and then I would CD into that folder and because I have installed WP Clee with brew install WP hyphen CLI, I will type WP core download that will download WordPress. Uh, and I think the next step is WP core new after that, I got to go create a database. Uh, and I, Michael, I will share with you and I'll try to put it in the show notes, uh, as well, but I'll share with you a snippet group I have that, that I use to, uh, populate the commands I need for a database. There are other ways to accomplish this task, but I'm I'm kind of in the habit of doing it the way that I've been doing it because I've been doing this in the command line, creating the databases for WordPress sites before uh, Valet was ever a thing for me. So, uh, but at any rate, you have WordPress now downloaded. You're going to create a database for WordPress locally and populate your WP config file with the database stuff that you need so that it can actually connect to the database. And once all that is done, the final thing that I tend to do is valet secure. And that will create a self-signed local SSL certificate for your site. So you're starting off dealing with HTTPS mm. uh, payon.test. And the reason I do that is for a couple of reasons, honestly. Number one, if I have everything as, you know, secure links from the beginning, it avoids that oversight that sometimes happens when you, when you migrate a site where this particular plugin doesn't follow everything and you have to do a more extensive search and replace to make sure you don't have mixed content warnings, uh, things like that. Yeah. So that can get messy. <laughs> it, it gets super annoying. Cause you're like, why is this one? Where's that at? Where, you know, so that's one reason. Um, also, I just think it's kind of nice. And thirdly, there was an occasion where I needed to 
do this or something broke. I think I was testing Stripe or something. And like it, it, it was before Stripe had their Mac OS command line tools that they have now. And I was doing something where I needed to fake this SSL certificate actually being there or, or something wasn't working. So I just have gotten into the habit of doing that. Um, but that's essentially how I'm running WordPress locally. I know anybody listening, you know, it may have been a lot of stuff that I just, you know, blotted out there, but uh Laravel, L-A-R-A-V-E-L dot com slash valet is a great getting started point uh, mm-hmm. for getting Laravel set up. And um you know, of course using homebrew. If you're using homebrew, it makes the whole process easier. I honestly <laughs> don't know how to get Laravel Valet installed if you're not using homebrew. Right. Yeah. Uh herd is an interesting tool. Now I'll briefly touch on it. I just I don't want to send a bunch of people down that path just yet because I'm not sure I'm gonna continue using it out there. This is more recent. I think Mike, you asked me maybe about three weeks ago on Macedon what I was using for WordPress local development. I was like, Oh, I'm using this and I dropped a link to Laravel Valet. Mm-hmm. Uh I actually that same day or like the day before that had just installed herd, but I hadn't used it yet. Uh the nicer thing about Herd is it does give you a little bit of a graphical user interface to do some of your settings and things like that. Uh, there's also a graphical tool uh, that they recommend for managing your databases. So it could ultimately turn out to be a better tool uh, for more people. And it is still by the same group uh, from the from Laravel and a uh, another company they partnered with to create this tool. But it, it basically is built on, you know, they took Laravel Valet and kind of built upon that. So it's still very lightweight, super fast uh, local development for the Mac, uh, just with a few more graphical uh, niceties. For example, right now I have heard is in my... Uh, menu bar so i could click here and say update php because there's an update for php 8.1 for example Mm -hmm. or i could go in and isolate uh the php version without having to remember off the top of my head what the command is to isolate a site to a specific version of php which is another reason i like uh valet or herd is I can say I have a site and I do have this situation, right? Like there are some sites that are on PHP 8.1. There are some that are on 8.0. There are some that I need to migrate off of 7.4. But Uh while they were, while 8.0 was still new, I was building new stuff on 8.0 unless it broke. And then I was like, okay, this plugin developer hadn't updated their stuff yet. So let's fall back to 7.4. But once that was pretty kind of stable there, I could run everything on whatever the current release is, but isolate, say, my site to 7.4 because that's what it was running on the server. And I want to make sure my local environment as closely as possible matches what's going to be on the server because then Mm -hmm. you avoid those weird issues that sometimes crop up. Like, why did this work so great when I was over here? But when I migrated it, all kinds of weird stuff happened. My rewrite <laughs> rules didn't work. My URLs were broken. And it's, well, you went from Nginx to, uh, you went from uh, Apache to Nginx. And, uh, yeah, your HT access file wasn't really much help for you over there on that <laughs> Nginx stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, again, growing pains, right? I had to learn this the hard way. Maybe somebody's listening. like, oh, well, obviously that wouldn't have been a thing to do. You should check these sorts of things. I'm like, yeah, I didn't know that five years ago. So, you know, hey, here we are. But you're technically working and getting the job done. And here's the way you're doing it. And we're always open to feedback. Like maybe there's there's a better process to get to be able to test environments than what we're doing right now. Yep. And I don't know about these, so that's why I'm asking Demasi. So you've made changes on the WordPress site locally. You've done everything you need to do. I know that can be a convoluted process, but you for the most part you're just using WPDB migrate from the server site to your site or does that not work for your local environment so typically what i will do partially because i'm lazy um but also because i want to make sure it absolutely 100 percent works is i will push from local to staging and this is one of the reasons i've gotten in such a habit of having staging sites like even if it's just for something even if it's very temporary and i take it back down like once i'm done with whatever this is uh, is because I'm pushing, not pulling. If something goes wrong, I'm not going to immediately know that something broke, right? Mm. If you're pulling from a site, so uh, with WP, just to explain for people listening, WP migrate, 
Pro, I think is what it's called. I think they took the DB out of the name. But anyway, um, there's a plugin you can install in WordPress and it will allow you to, for the version that I'm paying for, allows you to push and pull sites, uh, basically. So push and pull the database. It handles a lot of the rewriting or handles the rewriting of paths and uh, URLs in the database for you. It can migrate your plugins, your themes and your uploads folder. Uh, which makes it super easy to move. So if I'm at staging.bedrockinnovations.com and I need to, you know, I've now completed the work there. I want to go to bedrockinnovations.com and pull all those changes in. Instead of duplicating my work across sites, I can say, hey, you know, pull or push, uh, you know, this data over there and overwrite what's there. Um, With a local site, when I'm going up to staging, what I will do is I'll get the staging site set up or wherever I'm pushing to. I have, you know, honestly, being fully transparent, I have pushed from local to a production site before. I don't, I try not to do it, but sometimes you can't help what somebody Mm -hmm. else has done. So, you know, you do what you can. I always set up a backup of your database uh, for the site that is going to be overwritten is my number one rule with this plugin. It does allow you to do that. Like, you know, back up the database before you make any changes. Always do that because at least you can go back and pull the, what was working if you break it. Uh, But let's say I'm pushing from bedrock innovations dot test to, you know, staging dot bedrock innovations.com. For example, What I would do is, you know, if that site wasn't already up, I would set up the staging site for Bedrock Innovations and install the plugin and copy its secret key uh, from the plugin settings. And then on my local WordPress site that I'm going to push up there, I would go, you know, go through the process, set up push. Um, I'll make sure you check the box and settings, too, as you're getting the secret code off of the site that you're going to push to to allow pushes to the site. Because, you know, that's a reasonable. Yes, that. That threw me off the first time because I yeah, I forget didn't read about the directions. That. Yep, I forget about that until I forget about it and try to do it, and it's like, oh, you, you don't have permission to push to this site, or this site doesn't allow pulling, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, let me go oh, fix yeah, that. Got to go into settings and fix that. Yeah, uh, but locally, what I would do is go in, add that secret key, and set up the migration. Now, this is where if it's, if I'm working on something. Um, routinely so uh one site that we're working on for woocommerce right now mike i have this set up as a profile mm-hmm. because i'm constantly not constantly but i know there's going to be quite a few times where i'm going to push from local to that staging site to right? that staging site yeah so i will save that as a profile i'll tell you why that's super important in a second or well it's obvious if you're in the, 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 the graphical interface but uh you know wp md whatever blah 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 you know, WP space MDB, I think, uh, profile equals one uh, for a site was, oh, I see this profile. You're pushing over there. Let me just run this and I don't have to go log in. Is the reason I will save this as, as a profile if I'm doing this several times. But what I will do from local is go add the um, key set it up, configure what I want to do. So like, yeah, we're changing this domain from, you know, domain is changing from this to that. You know, the path is changing from this to that. And it fills a lot of that stuff in for you automatically. Do a backup of the remote site before you overwrite it and then push. And it'll run and it'll tell me what it's doing. And then when it's done, I'll go to the live, you know, or on the internet version of the site. And, oh yeah, okay. looks like that worked. Uh, you poke around, make sure stuff that you actually expect to be changed is changed, and there you are. So mm-hmm. I said with this once, if I'm doing this where like this is act- an active development project where I'm going to continue pushing stuff up there as I'm working on it locally, I will save that as a profile just to make my life easier because uh, I'm basically doing the exact same migration every single time. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, and then the reason why, because some people might be asking, well, why would you want to develop locally and then push to a staging site and then push to a live site? Uh, aside from the one reasons you've given already, for me, the the idea of developing locally, it probably in this day and age isn't much faster than accessing a remote server. It can be depending on the host you're using. But for me, even if I'm offline, I can still work on the website or I can make changes to the website and not break for someone else who might be testing out the staging environment. That's kind of why I wanted to to play with this a little bit. And of course I need a place to throw these code snippets at to see, Hey, do they really work? Yep. That I'm using like- chat GPT to generate code snippets too. And man, that is pretty cool. 
Yeah, that that is a good reason. I, I would say for the reasons you've given, uh, for my reasons, which are you know started out at least for me, like I don't want to. I don't want to make the mistake that I have made before in the past, which is I do something on a live site and then all of a sudden that production site is gone, like poof. Uh, white screen for anybody visiting and then you're frantically trying to figure out how to get it back. Uh, so that's that's one reason for this process for me. Uh, but also that that is you know been invaluable for me testing out plugins even where it's like, oh, I don't really know if this plugin is going to solve the problem. Let me quickly throw up a you know local site on, on my computer Install the plugin, you know, pull a database from somewhere if, if it's necessary to actually test the plugin out and see how this works. Oh, no, I don't think I like this. Guess what? I haven't cluttered up a site with a plugin that may, may or may not clean up behind itself when I uninstall it. Uh, and as Mike said, testing the code snippets, right? That That is, you know, being able to quickly say, oh, yeah, this snippet works. Cool. You have not gone through the overhead of because I, I keep a for me, I keep a site that I can test on and I have no problem erasing his database at any given time. Um, you know, if I was ever to record a demo of doing any of this, I could very easily type in WP uh, DB erase inside of this website, uh, this local running website and not care what happens to it because it literally is there for me to test stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's just there, right? I don't have to spin it up because whenever I set up, that's part of my setup process when I'm getting the local development tools installed is, hey, don't forget to create that that test site that's always hanging around so I can quickly test the code snippet. It has a ridiculous amount of stuff on this site. Like there's like <laughs> three or four themes that are installed and I never have more, you know, more than two on the site. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's tons of random plugins. There's all kind of crap, right? Cause I'm just, it's, it's just a test environment that I'm happy to break. Um, again, like you said too, depending on the host, you know, it can be much faster developing something local, especially if you're, you know, writing code that you want to see if it works or if you're, manipulating different settings for something to try to you know reach your desired goal let's say you're playing around with uh members and trying to customize some mm. roles yeah. uh having all of that local one yeah it's going to be super fast like you know it, it, sometimes it can you know going to some host you're like oh my goodness man I could have. <laughs> it's taking forever literally. it's taking forever like just for me to get seconds it's like, yeah it's taking forever just for me to get logged in i haven't even you know put the code snippet <laughs> in somewhere to see if it works like goodness yeah, this is gonna take a long time there's that aspect of it uh as well but also you know you can try things that don't have a negative effect on a website on the internet and expose data either uh which is another thing so oftentimes, as I, if I as I have been learning over the years, different techniques for securing a WordPress site that actually makes sense, not just, you know, weird stuff you may read on the Internet. It's like, oh, yeah, do this and it'll protect your site. It's like, uh-huh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you thought so. Um, you know, I can try this stuff locally. Um, save myself a whole bunch of time. I haven't gone through the process of pointing DNS records somewhere, like going through that big pain. Uh -huh, that, like that, there's all of those wait for steps. for that to happen. Or and... setting up email, like, oh, I need to set up, you know, oh, let me go add this domain to SES so it can send uh -huh. email so I can test the form. It's like, mm. Mail Just hawks develop are, locally. <laughs> yeah. Mailhawks are is a uh excellent tool for local email testing because it'll it'll catch all your outgoing emails and you can see what they would look like uh without them actually going anywhere. So if you do like I accidentally did several years ago, uh pulled the site down, was testing a form and was like, Oh, well, let me do this thing right here and see what happens, see if this works to to bulk email everybody. Uh if I would have been on a staging server, there would have been like five people that, that would have got a random email. Right. But mail. Okay. See, that's another tip there. That's another tip. But because I'm local, either I have configured mail hog for this, this local site that I'm working on, or I haven't, but whether I have or haven't, the emails aren't going anywhere. Like if yeah. I've configured mail hog, I can go look at the email. I'm like, Oh yeah, I did what I wanted to. If I haven't com configured mail hog, WordPress is going to be like, I couldn't send your emails because there's no email. <laughs> oh yeah. Forgot about that. Got to do that. Great. Um, I have a couple of sites. I'm going to be, I'm working on a couple of sites, but I have a couple more sites that I want to actually take under my wing and give some TLC because 
they're there and I'm working on them and one specific side I'm thinking of should be working more for the organization than what it is. So gonna experiment with developing locally and playing with that and see how that process goes. So uh, anything else on your end, Demasi? So I do have a slight, I'm not going to say rant, uh, but I do want to have a discussion uh, and share my experiences thus far with pass keys. So I said this several months ago that I wasn't sure how I felt about pass keys. We'd have to see how they're deployed and how they work and all of this. And I stand by most of what I said then. I don't remember everything I said, so I can't say I stand by all of it. It's not like I mm-hmm. could go back and listen to the show and figure out what I Read said. Read the transcript. Yeah, like, you know, it's not a thing. <laughs> I don't know who, who does that? But generally what I do remember saying is I didn't like the siloing of your passkey. So, oh, all of these are in your iCloud. Well, what do I do if I switch over to Android now, you know, figuring that part out? Or if I go to right. Windows, like that, that sort of isolation there. Uh, one password does not have support for passkeys. Bitwarden also has support for storing your passkeys and syncing them across. So that does alleviate that a little bit. Here's the problem that I have encountered when using passkeys since they were starting to roll out. Uh, first, just a follow up, because I think I forgot to actually confirm or, or not confirm this. Uh, but at the moment, PayPal will let you use pass keys to log in if you're on mobile Safari or Chrome. Mobile, uh, not on a desktop platform. Not sure why, but that is actually the case. So, because uh, mm. you, yeah, I, I remember saying yeah. I set it up and then I couldn't actually confirm or not because it's like, oh, I need a security. And I, I don't remember what happened. Anyway, don't try to do stuff live when you're recording the show, is, is the <laughs> point of that. Um, but here's my experience and what I'm not happy about with pass keys as a solution. Uh, let's start with Apple, right? Because a lot of my pass keys first were set up with Apple. Uh, I don't really know how I got myself in this situation. I wish I could figure out how to go back to where I was with it. Because prior, and it's probably because I updated Safari. Here's another tip for you, too. If you're interested in some of the Safari 17 features, which are you know being promoted as... Uh, what's the operating system you're on, Mike? Uh, Sonoma. Sonoma features in Safari. A lot of that is just in Safari 17, which you can download independently and still stay on whatever I'm on, which is Monterey, I think. Uh, is it Monterey? Uh, I forget. Or is it Ventura? 13. Whatever 13 is. Yeah, that's just go by the numbers. That's why Apple named them numbers now and names because they know people will either remember names or numbers. Uh-huh. So 13. Yeah. So I'm still on Mac OS 13, whatever the most recent version is. Uh, so I do have the patches or whatever. Uh, but also installed uh, Safari 17, which did let me take advantage of profiles, which are you know, figuring that out. I, I kind of like them. Uh, some of the implementation is not as, I would say, polished or as expected, you know, if you have used different profiles and Chromium-based browsers. But it, it, it works. I have AT guys profile i have a bedrock innovations profile i have a personal profile um i have a pseudo profile <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that one all the powers all the powers <laughs> <laughs> but we'll have that conversation another day and why you might want to do what i'm doing because that's a much longer conversation but here's the problem we're running into with baskies so prior to updating to safari 17 let's say i went to mercury Dot com speaking yep. of mercury and i log in with one password so i hit command backslash and it fills in my pass my username and password and then it will pop up for my second factor well i have both touch id on the mac set up as well as a security key as as you know potential second factors right and that will work just fine previous to this uh, i could just put my thumb on my computer and boom i'm logged in same thing with stripe you know, GitHub, et cetera. Right. I want to say even when I initially added pass keys to, and I think GitHub might've been one of the first places I did it, that I could just use my thumb in Safari and get logged in. Uh, this is great, right? It's pulling this stuff from iCloud Keychain, but I wasn't actually using Keychain, right? Keychain itself was not popping up all over the place like, oh, I can feel your passwords or did you want to save this password or let me generate a strong password. Like I, the Keychain was not actively running as a, as a thing. 
For whatever reason, since I went to 17, part of this, I think, is my fault because I shouldn't have touched it. I turned on Keychain intentionally because I was like, oh, let me test out Keychain. Uh, going back to a prior conversation again, following up on something that we forgot to follow up on because mm, we don't take notes. So there we go. Um, I mentioned that I was trying out the shared iCloud passwords thing for a reason. That reason was because I had purchased a phone for Tia, uh, iPhone 15 Pro Max, which meant she was going to 17 whether she wanted to or not <laughs> yeah uh, and i also don't believe she still was using one password seven at the time and i don't think that was going to work on 15 at all so we we're going to have to come to a crossroads like take a look at one password eight but if you don't like it we can go switch over to the shared passwords and icloud i was like okay this is perfect timing uh, but that's why i was testing the shared passwords so i turned it on because i was like well if i have to start using this i need to be a little bit more familiar with it and then key, not keychain, uh, pass keys, you know, started popping up. Like, oh, you can save this as a pass key. Do you want to turn this into a pass key uh, login, right? So now they're in iCloud. Cool. The expected behavior is what it is, right? I, I know that that only works in iCloud. So it's not going to work in Chrome if I'm trying to log in. I, I get that part. What I'm not happy with is if I turn off filling passwords with keychain, like poof, all my, uh, whatchamacallits go away, which again, that's not really unexpected. The pass keys go away. That's not really unexpected. But my second factor things that I was using with Touch ID have also disappeared if I turn off filling passwords with Keychain, right? I don't know why that is. It's super frustrating. The other downside to, again, I did a lot of this on the phone with one password, like, oh, yeah, let's convert, you know, let's add passkey support into uh, for GitHub into my one password account. Okay, yeah, that's right. awesome. Let's start testing this out. If you are not using the 1Password extension in the browser, it does not work. And uh-huh. the 1Password extension in the browser across platform, well, on Mac OS across browsers for me is still a pile of crap. It is completely unusable for me in Safari. Mm-hmm. Somebody else try it if you're still using 1Password and tell me I'm wrong. Like I, I would appreciate it. Not only that, but other form fields become very unusable. difficult to use. You can't fill yeah, out things unusable. because it takes over and wants to pop up. So every instead of voiceover getting to tell me what the field label is, it's like, oh, one password is available. Uh-huh. But what am I supposed to be typing in right here? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. turn that off. Similarly, it's a little still a little rough in Chromium-based browsers as well. So, you know, I'm constantly running into, did it fill in the password for this site or not fill in the password for this site? Like, there, There's issues still with using the extension in the browser. Now, using mm-hmm. 1Password the way that I've been using it for, I don't know, about a year, maybe more, uh, of just, you know, hitting command backslash like I used to. And if I'm on a web page in a browser, it will typically show me the options I have to fill in a password there. I do lose card filling that way, but I'm willing to sacrifice not having the ability to autofill a credit card, not to have the ability to autofill a debit card or credit card, just to have my logins be able to be easily selected and filled in. So I've made that sacrifice. But the downside is now I can't use passkeys with one password because I turned off their browser extension. You know what I'm going to say. Could Bitwarden be your passkey vault? So I haven't tried Bitwarden uh, and I will and I should and I will at some point get around to doing that. However, to answer your question, no. Because I don't want to be required to have to have all three of these things possibly running at one time. Right. Because then where the hell am I saving stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. I When you get pass keys to work, though, and you get it into a form that it, it works, like, it is nice. It is. When I, I used to be cringy when I had to sign in with Google on the iPhone because – Every once in a while it keeps you signed in, but not all the time. So you have to enter your password. And for me, uh, if I like signed in to be my eyes with Google, for example, um, then I need to go into my Google password. Now I can just tap on the other ways to verify and then I tap on pass key and then I am in and that is the way it should be. I'm sure there's a way to make it not show me the password prompt first and just show me the pass key, but that can be really nice. 
Yeah, so um, I don't know how to do this. I've seen this with a couple of accounts, Google accounts, where it, it just now defaults to pass keys, but not all of them. Uh, so I'm not sure what that process is. They're also slowly rolling this out. They're going to make it default for Gmail accounts, uh, free yeah. accounts at some point, or that may have already have happened. Isn't listen, the thing about passkeys, and I knew this, like it's nice when it works, but it is still so fiddly, uh, in a lot of instances with stuff being siloed and all of these, um, what, what, what am I trying to get out here? While I think the technology is nice and the functionality and the ease of which you can log in, still with a very high level of security. Let's be clear about that. Like this is probably more secure than what most people are doing with their usernames and passwords. Like let's be, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, you know, uh, overlook that that detail. Like passkeys are very secure. Um, the problem is the implementation. Like I don't fit into the box that Apple wants me to fit into where, Oh, I'm just using iCloud keychain everywhere and everything is all beautiful and happy. No, that's not the case. Uh, one password. I'm blind. I use a screen reader, your, uh, extension on Safari specifically on Mac OS and even in edge and Chrome on Mac OS. It's terrible. Yeah, and it makes the rest of the and it makes form filling in general unusable. Like I literally turned like I tried to suffer through this long enough for the content. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I really tried to suffer through it for the content because I'm like, okay, you know, I hadn't spent time with this extension in a while. Let me try to deal with it for a while to see where are some workarounds, what are some things I could possibly point out to the team to try to be helpful with my feedback instead of just saying it's a pile of crap. Um, but. I was going somewhere that I had to fill. You know what? It's actually on. Um, it's putting in a manual order for AT guys and XCP. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I could not. Get, I. I was. Where am I? What am I typing in? I. You know what? No. 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 Just first close the turn window. This off. Then turn yep. this off and then open the window back up and just let's let's try again. Right. That's what forced me to turn it off. Is like I can't work because if I tab to a field, it doesn't make a difference. If I vo into the field it does not make a difference before voiceover has the ability to tell me what the field label is it gets um you know prompted to tell me that oh one password is available i'm like that's awesome i i get why they want that there but what i think one password should do is put a delay on that notice being sent to the screen reader and i maybe they can't but i suspect they can but make it like a second or two seconds. Make it be the help text, not the primary text. Nope. What I think they really should do, um, because they, you know, again, we and we could probably name some people, which we will not, but we can probably name some people that would still run past that delay too, uh, in certain instances. Uh, no, yeah. what I think they should do is just don't stop trying to automatically fill stuff for me. Like let the extension work the way that it used to. Uh, in the browser, you have to invoke where it. I invoke it right now. You yep. can still have your night. I do honestly like it when it works the inline stuff the way it works versus having the dialogue yes, pop up. It is it's nice, beautiful when it works, right? Yeah, it's just that it's too grabby. Like, <laughs> and I'm not gonna make that joke because one, it won't <laughs> be funny and it'll offend somebody. So, I'm not gonna even say what I was thinking. But listen, stop being so aggressive about it, right? Figure out a way for me to be able to, and this can be a configuration option, but give me the ability to say, okay, if I'm navigating a website with form fields available there, even if it's a username and password field, clearly this is a password field. Don't, don't, don't be aggressive. Sit there, wait until I invoke you with a key, keyboard shortcut and then show me my options, right? Cause that means I'm ready for you to do something because it's great when it works. And you know, I do miss the ability to fill in now the, the upside again looking for the ways to make lemonade out of the lemons of a situation as we just started out this episode with uh one upside to not being able to easily fill in credit cards for one password for the past <laughs> couple of years there's a few times i hadn't bought stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i can see that i i'm running into a 
frustration with iCloud Keychain where when I generate a new password, I get stuck in that dialogue that pops up and says that it generated a new password and I can use the generated password or have more options. And then if I choose the use password, that's all good until I tab into the confirm password box and then I'm back in that pop-up even though it's the same password. And then I tab into another box or I use VO right arrow. I can't do anything out of those password boxes. Uh, and then Safari will jump in and say, oh, guess what? We generated a password. For me, that's frustrating. If if the one password extension worked as Demasi described, and I I mean I I probably would switch back over to one password. Maybe we would see. Um, right now it's just it's all confu- not confusing. It's all a bit much, and I wish it's very complicated. Things would work a lot better. Yeah, it's, it's very convoluted. And like, listen, man, write better JavaScript or don't implement the feature until you can make it work because you're ruining the experience for me. And I, I honestly feel like even though I, I, I don't listen to as many podcasts as I used to listen to, um, I feel like there's a couple that I don't listen to right now that I'm still subscribed to. I just haven't been listening to them. Uh, where a person is probably complaining about the same thing that I that we're talking about right now from a sighted person's perspective, because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there are there are, you know situations where hey this weird thing happens. I'm gonna tell you, not a lot of people are happy with one password eight in general across the board. Even now today, like they're still kind of that grudging, like I gotta use it, but you know, <laughs> kind of deal, right? Yeah. But like, man, just implement the stuff right. Like I'm, I'm, I get that you're and again, here's here's another example of a thing that people actually won't get to hear because we rebooted right after we had that conversation, which I thought, was, oh, this would be a good way to open up the show. Uh, the conversation we were talking about clean fee, right? Um, and I was like, yeah, you know how we have, all, we've started, we've done this a couple of times legitimately, not that we're, you know, finding companies that end up blowing up. It's just, we start using a service when they're still in the early days or when they're still small, uh, and they're great. They're awesome. You know, stuff works. And then all of a sudden they get discovered and their numbers start going up and the scale doesn't work for them. Right. Like, you know, clean feed is, I'm not sure if this is a situation with clean feed or not. At the moment, I do know for one password, this is absolutely uh, a thing. When I started using one password, they were still that you know small, scrappy company. I literally, I don't even know if these email addresses still work, but I've had conversations with people that were like the lead developer or the lead engineer for this particular section at one password. Mm-hmm. Probably me couldn't get through to those people nowadays, right? Um, but then all of a sudden, it's like, oh. We're huge. Corporate corporate shows up. It's like, man, it's all over. Right? It's, it's all over. Because the problem. So therefore. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, because the problems with the extension and filling in the browser, I have shared this information with them, you know, previously. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that shared this information with them previously. Um, see some rant somewhere by Jeff Bishop at some point before he switched over to Bitwarden, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. In the past two years. So. It, this is not news, but it's also not fixed. And it's making my life difficult. It's making other people's lives difficult. And frankly, honestly, I'm sorry. Like, I know how important it is. First off, I can't really operate without a password manager. So that's just, I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> but there are people you're never going to get or that will never stick for because you're making the experience of using it terrible. And that includes iCloud Keychain. Like, I turn off iCloud Keychain. Uh, and then I turned it back on because I was like, oh, I can't log into this using pass keys and I like the pass keys, you know what? But I've gotten stuck in that little issue. Oh, we're going to create a new password for you. Like, no, I don't want you to do that. Just stop. Don't, don't do anything. Like, go away. Mm-hmm. Why can't Let you me... wait till me? Why can't you wait for me to invoke you? I'm sorry. Like, just. But that command shift A is nice when, when it works. <laughs> yeah, it is. But sometimes here's the thing though. Turn off your automatic crap and let me be the one to tell yes. you. And, and this goes across the board. And I feel like it might be the same for Bitwarden. I honestly hadn't used it uh, to try it out. But I feel like it's going to be a similar thing, right? Oh, would you like me to save this password for you? How about give me a shortcut for that, buddy? Huh? Huh? Or, hey, <laughs> I can fill in a password here for you. Which pa- I don't want you to do anything. Just just sit. Be a- just just let, me, let me use the web. Let me use the web. Thank <laughs> like- you. There, there, there. there can, can I just use yeah. the web? Gee. Yeah. And that is the name of the show. Let me use the web for TW31 
one hour unless you have anything else we'll wrap it up on that <laughs> no we will wrap up on that thanks to everybody for listening <laughs> so much for a short episode <laughs> i mean look it was 61 minutes man and someone and someone it'll still be under an hour to be fair it'll be yeah. right now i'm at 61 30 yeah 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 uh, so you know all right. exit it's shorter it, it's, it's shorter you're welcome marty <laughs> all right thanks to everybody for listening we're going to wrap it up this week mike good luck at the uh acb of oregon convention this weekend i can't wait to see if our theory about uh audio is actually going to work so we'll definitely follow up on that as soon as we know and i will do my best to tune in i did get my emails for zoom uh yesterday good. so that's awesome uh, I mentioned a few times in the episode, reach out, especially if I'm wrong about anything I said, uh, <laughs> please let me know because most of it is just frustrating. And uh, if you got a better way, let me know. I'm on Mastodon. He's on Mastodon. He's Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N at unmute.community. I'm Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E at unmute.community. Or just go old fashioned because you just want to use the web and you just want it to work. You can also just email us tw at your own pay.com show notes and stuff will be at your own pay.com slash TW. Uh, 